stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, so the story today, and this has been an ongoing controversy for the last couple of weeks. Uh, it involves uh, an Alberta MP, Lethbridge MP Rachel Harder, who was uh, nominated by her party to be the chair of the Status of Women Committee. Now, I, I don't know about the nuances of this particular committee, but uh, for whatever reason, I guess the uh, opposition chairs this committee. They traditionally have an opposition chair of this committee, and, and the party decides who they want to be the chair. So that's who the conservatives picked. Now, Andrew Shear stood by Rachel Harder, felt there's no reason why she couldn't be on this committee, couldn't chair this committee. The uh, Liberals and NDP, they walked out in protest. They didn't want anything to do with her. Now, this all stems from the fact that when she first ran in 2015, she got the blessing of the Campaign Life Coalition, which put out a questionnaire to candidates. She responded. Uh, she said, for example, she believes life begins at conception. She even suggested she would work to introduce and pass laws to ban abortion once elected. Uh, she is the conservative critic for the status of women portfolio, which is why she was put forth as, as committee chair. Anyway, today uh, we've learned that the uh, NDP and the liberals on this committee have teamed up and they've uh, made a different decision. It's going to be conservative MP Karen Vecchio, whether she wants to or not, gets to chair this committee. So do those views on abortion tell the whole story of Rachel Harder and her commitment to women's issues? Is she automatically disqualified from being considered a a feminist? Well, I wanted to get some thoughts uh, on this story, and I think our next guest has her own story to tell about all of this. Uh, Michaela Glasgow is co-founder of Story of a Tory, a former Daughters of the Vote delegate for Medicine Hat, uh, Karsten Warner. Michaela, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, So let's talk a bit about uh, your own story, first of all, because uh, you were involved in Daughters of the Vote, which is uh, an initiative led by Equal Voice, which is meant to get more women involved in in politics. Is that right? Yep. It was to commemorate 100 years of women's suffrage in Canada. Okay. And it was a a cause you initially believed in, but but you became disillusioned. You, You broke away from the group then. Yeah, I did. Um, Originally, I was extremely excited, and I'm honestly very grateful to have the opportunity that I had. But um, unfortunately, it just became very apparent that Equal Voice planned on serving only one mandate, and that was the Liberal mandate, a centrist, um, very pro-Liberal legislation, pro-Liberal MP, um, pro-Justin Trudeau kind of narrative that says feminism is one thing and not another. And I... Um, and a group of other girls didn't feel that we were being represented. And we actually wrote a letter to Equal Voice with our concerns. Um, Unfortunately, not a whole lot was done about that, which kind of stemmed this whole dissatisfaction and and my personal disillusionment with the whole process. Um, Yeah, which is now we're at this point where um, something is happening to Rachel. It's overtly sexist. It's overtly um, defamatory to her cause and her, um, her, honestly, her hard work as an MP. And we see absolutely no action by equal voice on this. And it's just very disheartening to see them stand in stark opposition of their mandate. Right, because Rachel Harder is, is a woman. She's a woman in politics. And th- this should be nonpartisan. So why, why wouldn't a group like Equal Voice stand up for her? Yeah, and that's kind of the, the issue that I took with it as well, because Equal Voice claims to be multipartisan and that they would represent everybody regardless of stripe. 
So I expected them to stand up for Rachel when um, other MPs like Pam Damoff were saying things like, you know, she's the wrong kind of woman to chair this committee. Well, as feminists, as um, women supporting other women, there is no proper kind of women. What, where does that debate start and, and how do you categorize that? Well, and how do you categorize it? Should, should it matter? I mean, if, if a woman's in politics, it doesn't really matter her political views that, that she should just be looked at, or certainly by a nonpartisan group, as, as a woman in politics, or do, does commitment to quote-unquote feminist issues matter? Well, I think the first issue to talk about here is what is a feminist issue? What is a woman's issue? I think personally for me, like, I think a women's issue is something that empowers women or, um, and to a lot of people and a lot of liberals and a lot of non-conservatives, this, this empowerment is predicated on this idea of choice. And I think that's the major point bone of contention with Rachel Harder's nomination. However, they didn't give Karen Vecchio a choice at all when they appointed her to be the chair of the Status Women Committee. In fact, when she tried to strike down their decision, they voted against her and she is now being forced to chair the committee. Uh, yeah, look, as for Rachel Harder, I, I, I don't profess to know a lot about Rachel Harder. I do know the responses she gave on, on some of these abortion questions, but yeah. does that automatically disqualify her from this committee? Is, is that now the litmus test? Personally, I, I don't think that that should matter. I mean, like, of course, that's a part of her moral conviction and her personal stance on issues. But I think the broader issue here is within feminism, we always talk about this um, this idea of female empowerment and this idea of women being capable and strong. And when we say that Rachel Harder can't separate herself from her personal issues and her personal convictions to perform a task, we're saying that she's too emotional or she's too she's too X, Y, or Z to perform this task. And I just think that's the very antithesis of feminism and what we try to promote within um, women in politics in general. So I think she's being judged on something that we often try to strike down. I suppose, you know, the other side of the debate is that, well, this, this should matter to women because if we're talking about restricting or banning abortion, or are we talking about an infringing on, on the rights of women? I mean, it gets, it gets caught up in this whole debate. Yeah, absolutely it does. But once again, the prop, the issue here and my point of contention within the open letter was the lack of representation by equal voice on behalf of Rachel. And so her view is pro-life, pro-choice. I'm not asking them to debate that. I'm not asking them to even comment on that. But the, the bone of contention for me is that they refuse to even represent her or celebrate her accomplishments in being you know named to that committee in the first place. Well, do you consider yourself to be a feminist? Um, I think that's a really slippery argument and a really slippery slope for me personally. Yeah. As a conservative, like I don't identify with the with the feminism that the left has been pushing lately. I find it to be very restrictive, and I find it to be very um, I don't find it to be very empowering at all. Because if I can't feel the way that I feel and I can't justify my my choices the way that I justify my choices, then then who is making that choice for me, and how is that empowering? So I guess to answer your question, I, yes, I consider myself a feminist in the, in the strain of empowering other women and believing that a woman is equal to a man and that a woman is just as capable as a man, as a man to be a politician, to be a parliamentarian. Yes, I, I am a feminist in that regard, but am I a feminist that um, would take that choice away from other women to believe what they believe? Absolutely not. Right. Do you think that the word has almost been co-opted in a way, that it's become politicized? Yeah, I believe that it's extremely divisive, and I think that the word is, has been, um, yeah, like you said, co-opted, and I think used as part of the language and the narrative of the left. And I don't think that that's fair, considering that there have been 
you know, the first female prime minister was a conservative. The first, um, I mean, albeit she wasn't in for very long, but she was a female nonetheless. And I mean, we've had the first female senator and lots of other great accomplishments from from the Conservative Party of Canada. And I mean, and right now we are, um, our deputy leader is a woman. We have multiple women serving in large capacities. I just don't really think that you can undermine the importance that feminism has played within the Conservative Party of Canada and also what have conservative women have done for women in Canada as well. Right. But uh, yeah, and I think, you know, the takeaway here is that if, if we want more women in politics, then that should be women of all political stripes. If, if these groups want to favor a certain type of female politician, then maybe they should be more honest about that. Absolutely. And I mean, if they were to come out and say, you know, we are a left leaning centrist, however you want to spin that organization that promotes some women over others, I would just say, OK, that's fine. You do what you feel you need to do, but I can't support you. But the problem here is that their mandate specifically states that they are a multipartisan organization. But when asked to be multipartisan, they step away and say, sorry, that's not within our mandate. And further to that point, when they're called out on that and when they're confronted on that, they're extremely condescending and patronizing to other women. Right, because if it's just about policy, then Mm -hmm. uh, you you could have a, a male progressive politician who then theoretically would be better for women than a, a conservative female politician. But Yeah, that argument could totally be made. Sure. So if we want women in politics, we should want representation uh, across the spectrum. I totally agree. And I mean, sometimes within the context of the conversation, like they have, they have promoted women of all stripes, as in like they have sent out a tweet in support of Michelle Rempel when people were being overtly sexist towards her and calling her a Barbie or a, a bobblehead kind of thing. They were they were extremely supportive in that regard, but I just don't think that's enough. I think, you know, we're tweeting the odd the odd conservative MPs tweet like they have done with Lisa McLeod now in an MPP in Ontario. Like that's just not enough. They, there needs to be real action. And when there's const, constant and systemic takedown of you know, strong conservative leaders like Rachel Harder, I think Equal Voice has an obligation to stand up and say, you know what, no, she has the right to believe what she believes. Yeah, I think so. We'll believe there, Michaela. People can read more, including your thoughts on all of this, at storyofatory.ca. Thanks so much for joining Absolutely. us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Uh, that's uh, Michaela Glasgow, formerly with uh, Daughters of the Vote, which is part of Equal Voice. Uh, she's, as she says, become a little bit disillusioned with their approach. And what seems to be maybe a bias against right-of-center female politicians. Uh, so she's written about all of that again, storyofatory.ca. So again, if these groups want to say that, look, this matters, this is the threshold, if you're not supporting abortion rights, then you're not supporting women, then I guess you can weigh into that murky water. But if you present yourself to be a nonpartisan group and your objective is to get more women involved in politics, then that's what should matter. And Rachel Harder is a woman in politics. So why aren't they coming to her defense? 974-8255 is our number here, 974-TALK. And we're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.